if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us and getting your day and your work week started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock. It is a Monday, the 16th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord 2020. And no, he is not President-elect Biden yet. Sorry but to my friend Hugh Hewitt. Sorry to all of the... Uh, uh, rhinos in government like Mike DeWine, sorry to all uh, individuals uh, in the uh, liberal sphere of the uh, of the state and of the sound of my voice, sorry, but no, you do not have a president-elect. No, there is not an office of the president-elect. No, he is not certified the winner because ABC, CBS, and the Associated Press say so. They don't make that decision. And never will they make that decision. The media does not run this country, no matter how many times you are told that it does. There are some people for whom I have an amazing amount of respect who are buying into this president-elect Biden nonsense, and I have absolutely no compunction whatsoever to go along with that. Will not do it, not until questions of fraud, and I mean voter fraud and election fraud. They are two different things, as I have explained before. And I will continue to do. Voter fraud is when individual voters cheat because they have been given the means to cheat. Hundreds of thousands, well, technically across all of the states, millions of unrequested live ballots mailed to people uh, on voter rolls that are so outdated. People have been dead for decades. People have been moved out of the state for decades. And all of these vote-by-mail ballots are floating around or were floating around in all of these states and being sent in without any confirmation or corroboration. That is voter fraud. People voting illegally, using other people's identities, whether they're alive or dead, voting twice. Uh, you know, so many different you know examples of it. People uh, voting for their senior, elderly, dementia parents or grandparents, taking their ballots and uh, filing them in their names. All of these things are examples of voter fraud. Election fraud is much bigger. Election fraud is much more nefarious. Election fraud is done in very, very large circles with very, very powerful people in charge of the voting software, particularly Dominion software. We've talked about this ad nauseum for the last few days, really going back to last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. 
and we're going to talk about it again today. The voter, or excuse me, the election fraud that we are witnessing in the theft of the presidential election is is systemic insofar as there are people in some very, very high places of government that are behind this. You think the swamp isn't real? The swamp has never been more alive. And I hate to say that because it makes President Trump sound like a failure when he promised four years ago to drain the swamp. But the swamp is full, the swamp is alive, and the swamp has manifested itself in this voter fraud. This elect, excuse me, i got to separate those two terms as I pointed out. In this election fraud, we have a lot of examples of that. Coming up on the program, we're going to play uh, an interview that was done yesterday morning on uh, uh, Fox News, Fox News Business. And I know we have kind of sworn off of Fox, but when good things happen, we will report it from there. Maria Bartiromo, for whom I do have respect, by the way, she is not like so many of the left leaners on the main mainstream Fox News channel. But Marita Bartiromo spoke with one of President Trump's uh, legal uh, uh, leaders. She's not just a member of the team. Sidney Powell is one of the leaders of the president's legal team in this in this fight. And she laid out some very, very important information about uh, the election fraud that has been, you know, that has taken place and that is responsible for uh, people running around, like I said, rhinos like Mike DeWine calling Joe Biden the president-elect. And actually... Um, uh, giving uh, credence to, uh, kind of affirming this office of president-elect, which does not exist. Last night on uh, Mark Levin, Life, Liberty, and Levin, again, another Fox program that I will watch because Mark Levin is, uh, is, is true, uh, and, and he is honest, and he is, uh, he's going to tell the truth. But Mark Levin laid this out. Uh, there is no office of the president-elect. We have one president at a time, period. And Mark Levin opened his show yesterday laying into Joe Biden and those who would uh, who would affirm Joe Biden's claim to the president-elect status. Welcome back, America. We owe a great debt of gratitude to the men and women, lawyers, who've left their jobs and left their families and traveled all over the country on their own time. They're volunteering to try and track down what took place in this election. These individuals are great patriots. The media have not gone into these communities to follow up on any of the affidavits, any of the allegations that are taking place. It is appalling. Instead, they'll go to a local commissioner, they'll ask the State Board of Elections, did you see any fraud? Front page of the New York Times uh, this week that they asked various state boards of election. They're the defendants in these cases. The media didn't cover all the changes that 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 uh, states were making unconstitutionally or by fiat that would improve Biden's chances of winning. And now the media are in a hurry to end this. The individual who is following the Constitution and the rule of law and the court orders is the President of the United States. The individual who is not claiming to be the President-elect and that he serves in the office of the President-elect, who's undermining our constitutional system and is sounding very much like a dictator, is Joe Biden. We have one president at a time. One president at a time. Donald Trump is president in his first term for the next two months. And then we have people like Obama, and he's not the only one, Republicans too, making pronouncements that there is no fraud. These are men and women who have no idea what they're talking about. And then they claim that this president is undermining the Constitution. When they sat still for four years, 
as the media and the Democrats were trying to destroy this presidency, attacking the people who elected him, and undermining the integrity of our democratic system. Mark Levin was on fire yesterday. That was a tamer moment, actually, and he was spot on last night. I enjoyed that program very much because he said what many of us are thinking and what I have said as well. And I count myself in good company when uh, people like Mark Levin, uh, Mark Levin agree with me. We are going to continue to tell the truth. We are going to continue to deny the president-elect status. We are going to continue to support President Donald Trump, as did hundreds of thousands of patriots on the square, on the uh, National Mall uh, in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. The Million MAGA March, or MAGA if you prefer, I don't know, I don't really care how you say that, but the Million MAGA March on the uh, Mall in Washington, D.C. was an extraordinary statement. It was a profound statement. And do not listen to those who would tell you in the media that there were hundreds of people there. Do not listen to those who will tell you that there were thousands of people there. Do not listen to the hacks, even on Fox News, who will say there were tens of thousands there, maybe even 100,000. Did you see the aerial photographs live? These can't be faked. These aren't, these aren't people, you know, photoshopping more, you know, bodies into us, into an area. These were live on camera. Hundreds of thousands of people gathered in Washington, D.C. to support these 73 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump and who had their, their uh, vote, the result of their vote, uh, negated by fraud and by intentional theft of office. They came out in support not just of Donald Trump, but do you know what those hundreds of thousands of people came to Washington, D.C. to do on Saturday? It's not to worship. It's not to worship Donald Trump. The haters say that the Trump uh, supporters are like cult members, and Donald Trump is their cult hero. They weren't there to worship a cult hero. Do you want to know what those people were doing in Washington, D.C. on Saturday by the hundreds of thousands? They were protecting American democracy. And that is something that should be saluted by rhinos and leftists alike. And I say that intentionally, because rhinos and leftists are very much alike. Mike DeWine, for example, one of two governors who said very specifically over the weekend that uh, uh, Joe Biden should be uh, viewed as and uh, spoken of as the president-elect, one of two Republican governors who has said that um, the coronavirus task force, the National Coronavirus Task Force, should start meeting with Joe Biden and not Donald Trump. Mike, Mike DeWine, uh, and I want to get off on a tangent here. I'll talk about him a lot today. But what those people should be doing is saying thank you to the hundreds of thousands of Americans who descended on D.C. Saturday in defense of American democracy. Because it's the left that is screaming, Trump is challenging American democracy. Trump doesn't believe in American democracy. He most certainly does. We most certainly do. And the hundreds of thousands in Washington, they most certainly did. They were there to protect American democracy. Because right now, America's democracy is in question. Our system of running elections and allowing the will of the people to be done is in serious jeopardy. 
If the American people cannot be 100% sure that their votes count and that their votes won't be negated by illegal votes that also count and that their vote won't be switched by a program, an application as a part of the electoral software program, as has been alleged and they claim they have extraordinary proof of, by people like General Thomas McInerney and Sidney Powell, attorney for Team Trump. Now, it is going to be up to Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Tom McInerney and others to come forth with that proof. But here's the thing. And again, this is, you know, I told you over the last few days, I, like millions of other conservative Americans, have sworn off of Fox News. And again, there are caveats there. You know, there are little exceptions there. I still will watch Tucker Carlson. I will still pay attention to Hannity. I will still certainly listen to Mark Levin when he's on on the weekends, those kinds of things, right? But generally speaking, we have sworn off Fox News. And I was reminded this morning, again, of why that is. Because I listened to some of their morning show, watched some of their morning show, and their reporter on the scene in D.C., Griff Jenkins, I think it is, it's Griff Jenkins, um, you know, continues to A, call uh, Joe Biden the president-elect, and B, and this is most important, he introduced clips of Rudy Giuliani talking about the massive voter fraud and then always included the phrase, but without presenting evidence, without presenting evidence, without presenting evidence, it sounded like CNN. It sounded like MSNBC. Without presenting evidence, Rudy Giuliani said this. In other words, discrediting the message of Giuliani, Powell, Trump, etc., etc., before the message is even delivered, but not having any evidence. So I need to point this out very clearly, and this is why we have turned off the hacks at Fox News. I need to point this out very clearly. The evidence that Rudy Giuliani has, the evidence that Sidney Powell has, the evidence that Donald Trump knows about, is not going to be presented to a television audience, to a, to a group of reporters. It's going to be presented to a judge in a court of law. And they don't have to show their hand with all of the information they have about Dominion, about Hammer, about Scorecard, about votes being changed, etc., They don't have to prove this to any reporter standing there with a microphone in somebody's face and their other hand with a thumb up their rears. They don't have to do that because guess what? The media does not run this country as much as they want to believe that they do. It's just a fallacy. The information, the evidence that Griff Jenkins is demanding that all of the Fox clowns are harping about will be presented to a judge not to not to uh, Jim Acosta it's 921 this is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420 The Answer
Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Yes, indeed, 927 now. And uh, coming up in about 21 minutes, in fact, precisely 21 minutes, at 948, Congressman Jim Jordan will be with us to talk about the only two really issues that there are to talk about today. Um, and that is, of course, the ongoing in, uh, inspection of the 2020 election, which is not yet decided. Uh, the voter fraud allegations, the evidence gathering, the lawsuits that are pending, and uh, and and whether or not we're going to allow the theft of the election to, to occur. And we'll talk to him about that. And then we're going to talk about the second story, which continues to be the Chinese coronavirus. And moreover, the cure being worse than the virus itself. This is this is what we found out the first time around. And lo and behold, like the lazy people that they are, people like Mike DeWine, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan, they're going to go ahead and double down and do it again. They found out, we found out, that the cure was far worse than the disease the first time around. The cure being a lockdown of American businesses, a lockdown of the American people being told to stay in their own homes, shelter in place unless you must go out for essential items like food uh, and uh, medicine or household goods. But the cure was far worse than the disease. We found that out in March. We found that out in April when the first uh, go-around came out into May. We found out that drug addictions soared when people and drug overdoses soared when people were forced to stay confined in their homes, not allowed to work, when they lost their jobs, they didn't have any money. We found that alcohol addiction and alcohol abuse soared. We found that depression soared. We found that calls to suicide hotlines skyrocketed. We found people unable to feed their families because they lost their jobs. We found business owners who had to close not temporarily but permanently the businesses that they poured their lives into for years and years because no business well not no business but most businesses cannot recover from several months of zero revenue moreover their leases weren't up their leases weren't put on hold while their businesses were closed. So they didn't just have zero revenue. They went deeper and deeper into the red. They still had to pay all of their bills, with the exception of their workforce, unfortunately, for the workers. But they had to pay all of their bills, their leases on their properties, etc. Their insurance, they couldn't afford to let that lapse. They had to pay all of these things without taking a nickel of revenue in through the doors. It was a disaster. The American economy tanked. And only through the extraordinary, extraordinarily sound footing that the American economy was upon, thanks to President Trump's policies, did it bounce back here in the fall. I mean, some extraordinary things have been happening in terms of returning people to work and saving and salvaging people's jobs, and people's businesses. It's been extraordinary, the bounce back. And now, rather than continuing that regrowth that President Trump promised and was delivering, now we're going back into the closet. We're going we're gonna to lock ourselves inside, and we're going to live like house cats for another two, three, four months. The economy is going to tank even worse. 
And once again, we will have American politicians, both Republicans and Democrats, without the spines to stand up and do what is right in the face of a virus with a 99.9% recovery rate. Yes, this cure is going to be far worse than the disease ever could be. The same way it was about six months ago. We'll be right back. Really a two-topic show today, as I noted, 936. Thanks for being with us, Jim Jordan, in 12 minutes. Um, yeah, uh, it's a two-topic show, and it would be a one-topic show if it weren't for rhinos who are trying to destroy this country's economy again, and uh, Mike DeWine is one of them. Mike DeWine gets kind of a double feature in the two topics today, the the theft of the presidential election and the ongoing attempts to stop that theft, stop the steal, if you will. And the cure being worse than the virus, once again, as states get set to lock down. Mike DeWine has a featured spot in both of these topics. Number one, he's about to lock down the state of Ohio. Forget about what he said last Wednesday when he said, we're going to give it another week. In one week, we'll reevaluate this and see if we need to lock down and shut down uh, bars, restaurants, and gyms again, which is phase one of a lockdown. Forget about that. It's he does. It's not a week. He just said, "Look, I, I've said this before about Mike Dewine. He's a squid. He's he is. He really is. He's just a he's just a little squirrely dude who you know is going to do whatever he can to make himself look better. He knows what he's going to do, but rather than just saying, "Boom, we're locking down," he says, "I'm going to give you the people the chance to avoid it. You have one week to fix all of your problems regarding coronavirus. You have one week to tamp those numbers down so the cases." And by the way, remember the cases aren't reported. On a 24-hour rolling cycle, cases are being reported from weeks ago. And he said, we're going to give you one week to fix this thing. And if one week from now the cases are still high, well, then we're going to have to lock everything down again. So he obviously knew he was going to lock down. He just wanted to be able to say, I gave you a chance. It isn't my fault. I gave you a chance. He's such a weasel. Uh, and that's just the reality of it with Mike DeWine. So on the COVID front, he's just horrific as a governor, terrible leader. But now... The other part of it is on the election. Headline, two GOP governors push Trump to start transition process with Biden. Guess who they are? One of them is Asa Hutchinson, governor of Arkansas. The other one is, yes, indeed, Governor Nospine himself, Mike DeWine. Pushing Trump to start the transition process with Biden. In other words, concede defeat in a stolen election. That's what he is telling him to do and start transitioning power to Joe Biden. I suppose Mike DeWine would probably go along with Dianne Feinstein's uh, request of Lindsey Graham in the Senate Judiciary to stop confirming judges now that Joe Biden has been become president-elect. And let's let Joe Biden appoint people to fill judicial vacancies starting on January 21st. We shouldn't take any more of President Trump's appointees up. I love the fact that Lindsey Graham said, go pound salt, you old bat. All right, he didn't say that, but he said, no. 
He's rejecting the request of Dianne Feinstein, who sits on that committee, and says, we will be confirming President Trump's judicial appointees. There have been well over 230 of them now, including three on the Supreme Court. We'll continue to do this up until the time that he is no longer the President of the United States. So I love that, by the way. But that's where we are. So Mike DeWine uh, is uh, is going to be featured in both of these stories today. I want to go back to the election now, and I want to go back to the election fraud. And I'm going to share the first half of the interview yesterday, the one I spoke of in the first uh, segment this morning, uh, with uh, Sidney Powell. Now, Sidney Powell, Powell is one of President Trump's attorneys, his election lawyer, to be precise. She went on uh, Fox News uh, Business yesterday. Uh, and spoke with Maria Bartiromo, who is one of the few features or one of the few individuals, few players on Fox, if you will, that I think can still be trusted. But Maria Bartiromo wanted to give her the opportunity, Sidney Powell, to talk about this evidence that they say they have that will indeed vindicate Donald Trump and make him, once again, you know, a two-term president. Not once again, but to make him a two-term president. Because the theft of the election is provable. It is verifiable. That's what Sidney Powell claims. So we need to listen to what she has to say. Welcome back. According to public records, Dominion voting machines are used in 2,000 jurisdictions in 30 states. According to experts, if one site has a flaw, other sites are likely to as well, which is why Texas rejected using Dominion software three times, raising concerns that the system was not safe from fraudulent or unauthorized manipulation. That's troubling, given we already know that at least two software glitches in Georgia and Michigan occurred on election night. Attorney uh, Sidney Powell is leading the charge against Dominion, and she says she has enough evidence of fraud to launch a massive criminal investigation. Sidney, thanks very much for being here. We appreciate your time this morning. I want to get right into it. We just heard about the software uh, made by Smartmatic from Rudy, and I want to get your take on what you report, what you and I spoke about just a few minutes ago, and that is a gentleman named Peter Neffinger. Tell me how he fits into all of this. Yes, well, he is listed as its former Admiral Peter Neffinger, or retired Admiral Peter Neffinger. He is president and on the board of Smartmatic. And it just so happens he's on uh, Mr. Biden's presidential transition team that's going to be non-existent because we're fixing to overturn the results of the election in multiple states. And President Trump won by not just hundreds of thousands of votes, but by millions of votes that were shifted by this software that was designed expressly for that purpose. We have sworn witness testimony of why the software was designed. It was designed to rig elections. He was fully briefed on it. He saw it happen in other countries. It was exported internationally for profit by the people that are behind Smartmatic and Dominion. They did this on purpose. It was calculated. They've done it before. We have evidence from 2016 in California. We have so much evidence. I feel like it's coming in through a fire hose. Wow. So, Sydney, uh, you feel that you will be able to prove this. Do you have the software in your possession? Do you have the hardware in your possession? How will you prove this, Sydney? Well, I've got lots of ways to prove it, Maria, but I'm not going to tell on national TV what all we have. I just can't do that. 
Okay, but you have a very time, a small time frame here. The elections are supposed to be certified. I'm going to pause this to re-emphasize something I said in the first segment of the show. Now, this is no diss on Maria Bartiromo. She's conducting an interview. It's different than a press conference, but nonetheless, Sidney Powell is is in, reinforcing what I said. They're not going to present all of their evidence to the media. It makes no sense to do so. They're going to present their evidence to a judge in a court of law. So I'm going to stop that there because we're going to take our time out now anyway so that we have time to get into uh, Congressman Jim Jordan on time at 948. But I'll have the rest of the interview that Maria did with uh, Sidney Powell coming up. And I'm going to ask Jim Jordan to talk about this as well because he's got information uh, as well that is very important with respect to the theft of the election and the ongoing attempts to um, do justice, I guess, by way of the American voter, to do justice for the American electors, to do justice for American democracy. Jim Jordan will join us next to talk about that right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 9.50, a little bit late getting to Congressman Jim Jordan. Let's do that right now on AM 1420, the answer for his regular Monday visit. Congressman, good morning. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I've uh, been better, uh, sir, to be honest with you. Yep. They're about to lock down my state again with a cure that is far worse than the disease. They're about to do this in states all over the country. We have a fraudulent president-elect, and uh, um, we have uh, people f- flocking to Georgia to fake residency to try to take the United yep. States Senate and give it to, put it into the hands of somebody who says he wants to change America when they do. So that's how I'm doing. Yep. How are you doing? Well, the good news is it's still America. Uh, you know, in spite of all that you just went through, and I, I shared those concerns, um, it's still the best place going with a lot of great people who understand that the values and principles and institutions and, and just freedoms that, that make our country such a special place. So uh, there are lots of people who think just like you, Bob. Uh, we just got to keep fighting, and, uh, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll move ahead. Let me let me get to some good news here, Congressman, and then we'll talk about the two negative issues here, which are COVID and this fraudulent mm-hmm. presidential uh, theft of the election. And let's talk about the outperforming of the Republican candidates in the House yeah. in this election. Yeah. You know, we're still getting some results coming in, you know, after recounts and other things like that. I mean, this was supposed to be, we were told, a blue wave. We were told that the uh, yeah. um, uh, the uh, Democrats were going to expand their majority by 5 to 15 seats. They were going to threaten to take the Senate, etc. But instead, we've got what plus how many republican first of all no republican incumbents lost their seats right 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 no incumbent republicans lost their seat we're going to maintain control of the senate uh we got those two specials down in georgia but i think we're going to win those we picked up 10 to 12 when it's all said and done and maybe closer to 12 uh (laughs) seats or a few that are still counting and it's because we ran good candidates good conservative candidates you know i'm part of the house uh freedom fund effort to raise money for conservative we had a, a number of women conservative candidates who were just Yvette Harrell in New Mexico, who lost two years ago, came back and won uh, uh, this race. We had the Salazar candidate. She, she did a wonderful job in Miami, uh, in Dade County. Uh, a number of, just this morning, Victoria Sparks was on, was on TV this morning, uh, U- Ukrainian-American uh, who understands what socialism really is, lived it, left it, and understands that we don't want that in this country. So when you run good candidates who campaign on conservative principles, 
can campaign on what's best about this country and a love for this country, you can win races. Yeah, and and that is such an important point. And and although again, as I t- talk about that positive aspect of the election outcome, it brings me to the negative because, again, when you see this much Republican success down ballot in in terms of the you know the congressional races uh, and others, it yeah. makes you wonder: Are we really supposed to believe that millions and millions of Americans flock to the polls to vote for Republican set or a House candidates, but neglected to check yeah. the the box for President Donald Trump? This is part of the you know part of the confusion i guess that a lot of us have congressman yeah well no and i think i said this last week on the show if if if, if i was talking to you a week before the election and i said we're going to maintain the senate we're going to pick up 10 or 12 seats in the house republicans are going to increase the number of state legislatures around the country that that we control and president trump will get 10 million more votes than he got in 2016 but he'll come up short you'd have <laughs> said that's crazy there's no way that's going to happen but that's exactly what played out, and that's why 73 million Americans are asking themselves, what happened here? Something doesn't smell right, and that's why it's important we follow the process, we follow the law, we follow the Constitution, we, we do recounts, we audit, we make sure this election was done with integrity as best we can, and we got until December 14th. I said yesterday on a TV show, the Democrats took four years to investigate the Russia hoax, What's wrong with taking four weeks to investigate the integrity of America's election? So let's let it play out. We got until December 14th of the Electoral College beat, and let's figure out exactly what happened here. What are your thoughts, Congressman, on how it's going to play out? I spoke last week with General Thomas McInerney, who talked to me about Dominion, who talked to me about the hammer and the scorecard. You know, there's there's two different kinds of fraud that we're dealing with here. One is voter fraud, which I think has been proven in many, 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 many cases where dead people are yeah. voting. You know, they got it on the record. People have, you know, ballots have been cast in the names of people who are dead, some in the, who are 19th century, for crying out loud. But we have voter fraud, which is people, you know, casting ballots illegally. And then there's election fraud, which is rigging the election by way of the software that counts the votes. Now, this hammer and scorecard, you know, changing the vote up to 3%, et cetera, et cetera, is being uh, detailed. And I mean, in great detail, uh, the way it is used and was used. So what is your understanding of that? And is that going to be ultimately what, um, you know, decides whether or not President Trump gets four more years? The short answer is I don't know, but I, I think it's worth uh, definitely worth looking into. And remember, Elizabeth Warren and Democrat senators a year ago wrote the CEO of Dominion inquiring about the, the, the safeguards in place in this software system. They were concerned about it. So when you got liberal Democrat senators who were nervous about this a year ago, and now we have what played out in this election and all the things that raised concerns for us, doesn't it make sense to check it out? So, again, that's all we've been saying now for two weeks. I continue to say, let's check it out. The Democrats say, no, 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 we got to keep moving. It's funny to me, too. The same Democrats who said, who are saying you can trust this vote, you can trust what happened this election, are the same ones who told us you can trust the field dossier, the same ones who told us you can trust the anonymous impeachment whistleblower that no one got to hear from, that no one, that I didn't get to cross-examine, which I'd love to do. So they're the same people telling us to trust this, even though a year ago, they wrote a letter to the CEO of Dominion asking to look into what's going on. Congressman, I'm going to ask you one more question about um, the election and Biden. Um, I, I'm, I've been watching videos all morning long. In fact, I have some in front of yeah. my eyes right now. 
of what happened on Saturday. Hundreds of thousands of people came to Washington, D.C. in defense of not Donald Trump, but in defense of our democracy. They, they, I yep. mean, seriously, this what they are saying is we cannot trust and do not have faith in the electoral system, given the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of what you just said and what we have been talking about. And they are there to say we still support Donald Trump until it is proven that he lost the election yep. fair and square. Now, con- Congressman, the videos of Trump supporters and freedom supporters and democracy supporters being attacked are horrific. Uh, Antifa yep. and Black Lives Matter all over, particularly after the sun went down, and are just attacking innocent people. I haven't heard a word from the quote-unquote supposed presumptive president-elect. When will Joe Biden yeah. condemn and, and, and disavow the actions of these people and demand that they stop? He called in his phony little, uh, hey, we need to come together nonsense uh, last week. You know, he called for that. But when is he going to specifically condemn his supporters for going out there and attack, attacking people who defend Donald Trump? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wish he would. Um, my guess is he won't. Uh, remember back this summer when we had the hearing with the attorney general. And the attorney general, at one point in that hearing, when the, when the Democrats finally let him talk, he looked at the Democrats, Jerry Nadler and the Democrats on the Judiciary Committee, and he asked a simple question. He says, why won't you condemn the violence? Why won't you speak out against the mob? And there was silence from the Democrats. And that, that is unfortunate because we should all condemn when, when things that we saw on videotape that happened this past weekend of to people who simply, as you said, want to stand up for the principles that make America special. Uh, that is so wrong. And you need leaders to say it is wrong. It shouldn't happen. I'm against it. And anyone doing that should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But uh, you're right. The silence, I think, is um, speaks volumes. And it's, and it's unfortunate that we don't hear from Democrat leaders on, about what took place, in our, particularly in our nation's capital. I mean, think about this, Bob. Do you think moms and dads are going to send their eighth graders to it when we get when we get back to some semblance of normal? Do you think they're going to send their eighth graders to the to the Capitol if they know that Antifa and and these folks are running around doing this kind of activity? Would you send your kid on a school trip? I mean, this is this is this is our nation's capital where you come to to look at the the the, the monuments and understand the history of our great nation. Uh, that is to me is 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 so sad that it's happening to the United States of America. It is beyond sad, and it's what's really frustrating to me is I can kind of answer your question the other way and say, well, when we resume some semblance of normal, um, and if Joe Biden is the president, it'll be perfectly safe in Washington, D.C. And you want to know why? Because Republican protesters don't create violence and go and scream and tear things up because Joe Biden and because somebody they don't like won the presidency. It'll be safe to go to D.C. if Biden is president, sad to say, because we are reasonable, peaceful people. And and the other side, quite frankly, is proving that they are not. So... Yeah, all that, that all that plywood they put up for election night. No one, no rioting or anything on election night. With all that, or the next day. Uh, but even now, when it, it appears that their candidate may in fact win, uh, look, I haven't given up hope for President Trump being successful. But it, it appears that their candidate, you're still seeing them do the things they did this weekend, which is just just how wrong it is. Right. 
Um, real quick, uh, Congressman, because we're a little short on time, but Gretchen Whitmer just basically put a barbed wire around everything in, in Michigan. Uh, she's sending all students home, closing high schools, colleges, businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Mike DeWine hasn't done it yet, but I have word from my people or my sources, if you will, in Columbus that he's going to do the same thing. We went through this once already. Uh, all it did was make people poorer. It shut down businesses, made people unemployed. It made people turn to drugs and alcohol and commit domestic violence and suicide hotline calls skyrocketing. Congressman, yep. we didn't learn the lesson from six months ago that that doesn't work. Yeah, That's not the answer. We're going to do it again here. I know you're in the federal government. Boy, you can't I really control not. Mike DeWine, but what are your thoughts? Boy, I hope not. I mean, 15 days to slow the spread has turned into seven months of, of, of lockdown. And a second, this makes no sense to me. Um, you know, look, uh, Bill Barr had also put out a memo last spring when this all started, and he said something very profound. The Constitution is not suspended during a crisis. And I always say amen to that. In fact, I would argue that's when the Constitution is most important, when you're dealing with, with, with difficult issues and difficult times. We cannot you know, think about what's happened, Bob, over the last six months. Can't go to church, can't go to work, can't go to school, can't go to a loved one's funeral, can't drink a beer in a, in a bar after, after 10. You can drink one at 9.59, but not at 10.01. I mean, the most ridiculous things in the world, and we're going to go back to that? We're going to go back to that? That, that? that makes absolutely no sense. Let's just exercise common sense, and let's remember freedom is what this, what this country is built on, letting, letting free people make choices for themselves and do it in, and give us the facts and information, and we'll make smart decisions. But let business owners run their business. This idea that some businesses are essential and some aren't, and that's determined by mm-hmm. one person, the governor of a state, and not run through the General Assembly, not pass a legislation, not, not answer to the, the people that, that we, the people, elect to represent us in the General Assembly. That, that, that's what needs to happen if something's going to change. It needs to be a bill that runs through the General Assembly where there can be full debate and the, and, and the people of Ohio and the people of the country can weigh in. Yeah, and you know what? Um, it's 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 not it's beyond unfortunate. But the legislature did try to do that. They passed laws limiting this governor's power and the state department, the health director's uh, power, and he vetoed it. And it said anything else that yeah. you pass is going to be vetoed. So he's literally cut out the legislature from decision making in the state of Ohio. We are no longer they, a three be, branch three branch of co-equal government. We are now there uh, should be a veto override. That then you could. Yeah, you should. You should. There should be a veto override, and you got to keep debating this, bringing this up, and engage the the people of this great state so that there's a real debate. That's how our system works, and that's how liberty is protected. That's the way the founders envisioned this whole thing, and we have to exercise that process, use that process to preserve our liberties, preserve our rights. Amen to that, Congressman Jordan. Thank you so much for the time, sir. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Bob. Ten oh two. We're a little late getting out, but that's okay. We'll make up for it coming in on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Don't bring that trouble with you.